Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard 20 Podcast. It is I, your trusted GM, Brian, welcoming you to another After Action Report, Part 2 for Episode 51. By the way, this is going to be a heavy spoiler uh, episode, so if you haven't already listened to Episode 51, why are you starting here? Get over there and listen to that. Anyways, I sit down with Ratke, and he and I go over Dempsey's backstory. We talk about where he came from, things that brought him to Belhaim, and most importantly, we talk about the adversarial rival, rivalry between Dempsey and Drosk and everything that culminated with that. I want to give a big shout out to our newest YouTube subscriber, Jamie Wyman. Thank you for joining the show. You too can join us over on YouTube at Roll the Hard 20. Check us out there. Don't forget, give us that five-star rating and review and like us on whatever podcast app you listen to the show on. We're on all the uh, all the, all the big ones, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Audible. Yeah, we're on Audible, too. And by the way, you could download the episodes directly from our website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com. we got a lot of cool things there. If you feel like you want to write something into the show, RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com. Drop me a line. I would love to give you a shout-out on the show and answer any questions you may have for us. So, without any further delay, let's warm up our dice and top off our glasses. Roll the Hard 20 Podcast presents Episode 51 After Action Report Part 2. I think that's the title. <laughs> what, is it big enough for you? Whoa, shit. Snap. That's what she said. I was going to say the last day we were there, I took like a two hour walk just down like those country roads. There's this like winery and out front, it's like this, um, like they had welded together all these machine pieces and made this sick uh, eagle. I'll send you a picture of it, but I always drive by. It's on like a main road up there in Hayesville in North Carolina where I just was. And um, we've never gone to the place. So I always want to get a look. I was like, you know what? Last day here. I'm walking to the Eagle and then I started walking. I'm like, this is a little bit farther than I thought it was. <laughs> Isn't that funny? How like when you look at something, it's like, eh, it's not really that far. I can make it there. It's like, dude, that is like fucking 40 miles away. Yeah. You don't realize too, like those mountain roads, like you're on a two, um, two lane highway. People are doing 45 next to you and there's no sidewalk. So if you're not watching and somebody comes, you're like off in the grass, just dipping and diving. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of uh, those those real passages mm-hmm. on Facebook. I don't know, like when I'm waiting for a car to do a, a diag or whatever, and, it, and it just all these auto crashes. And this dude, he must have been jamming on this motorcycle like, oh man, probably like a hundred. And he got he was coming around a corner, and he got this thing like <sighs> down. He was almost parallel to the floor, and obviously something went sideways because the bike went up in the air, and he he just started like somersaulting like a like an evil can evil doll from the seventies. Did he walk away from it? I don't know. They paused it. The video stopped him, like, <laughs> when he was in mid flight and you knew he wasn't coming back from that. Yeah. So, he just turned into Superman for half a second. Yeah. Uh, second, second too long. So how you doing my brother? I'm good, man. I'm yeah. good. Um, should I have this as Dempsey or am I just doing this as myself? No, it's you. Sure what the format it's, we're doing yourself. Uh, we're well, I'll, I'll lead us in and we'll, I'll feed you how you want to talk, little birdie. Yes. 
Give me the protein shake. Yeah, little birdie. Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard 20 Podcast. It is I, your trusted GM, Brian. And with me, my fellow hard slinger. <laughs> yeah, and we got another after action report for uh, episode 51, Battle on Three Fronts. I just finished talking with Chris just the other day about how we wrapped up Stubby's, <laughs> his his backstory and everything that was going on. And, and it, I was... Uh, as I was saying in the intro for that episode that we had a lot of loose threads of people's backstories and everything else that they had done in Belheim. So we were just kind of, I, I personally got to the point where I was ready to start putting things to rest and get on with the story, start moving it forward without being too railroady. And one of the things that I knew that was really important to us was taking care of Dempsey's backstory with Drosk. Yes, yes. Let's hear it, oh. Racky. Tell me about how you took care of this guy. Oh, Can you man. See that? I can't believe I ended it all with a punch in the balls. I have to say, that was some monster squad stuff right there. Um, I don't know. I feel um, like I kind of cheated the system, too, because if anybody's listened to the episode, I think yeah, at I, this point, it's spoilers all the way. Um, yeah. If you haven't heard episode 51, get on it. Yeah, you're about to hear some stuff. So, you know, get, get used to it from the. <laughs> The Velvet Tongue himself. Oh, God. I'm sure I'm going to hear about that later. Um, <laughs> anyways. Yeah, I think at one point um, I failed a reflex saving throw or something, and I went down on one knee. And while I was down, I had one more attack, and I was like, all right, I'm going for the for the old man pouch. And um, I think I should have done it uh, like disadvantage, but whatever. You know, at that point, I think that we – it wasn't that it was we were running out of time everything was just happening really fast i think when i was talking to chris about it i was saying how the whole thing kind of had gone down how you had approached drosk with validir right behind you and warren had stayed back at the bridge and cast invisibility on stubby who went into the tree line and you know, as i explained to everybody else already before and then Dross actually had won the initiative and he let you go first and then he you went then he went then Stebby went and then Heinrich went right behind Heinrich just, Heinrich he went all the old over son of a little bitch. Stubby he, he he finished his load all over the little man um <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was just kind of funny how and I even said it in the intro it's probably my favorite episode just because there was so much shit going on with when everybody had their moment Everybody was mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. the spotlight all at the same time. And I just, I really liked it. And um, I mean, I like seeing the um, bard and the, um, he's a warlock. Yeah. I, I get confused because he went back and forth with the sorcerer, but um, both of them were slinging the same spells, but I felt like we got a little bit of the flavor between them where they both uh, hit shatter. And it, I almost could like hear it in my head where one would be more like me melodious and the other one more like a screeching of demons or something. Yeah, like um, a, with, with Valadir, like he was tuning a, like a tuning fork, just. And he came yeah. in with, yeah, the inspiration and the uh, ACDC that I had to tell you about after. Did you catch that on the edit? I, I haven't even listened to the edit aspect of it. Yeah, man. And no. I don't know, maybe it was just in my own brain, but when he hit it, I was like, yes. And I told you, it. Um, I felt like it gave me inspiration in real life, man, because I just had that thunder, <laughs> you know? Oh, you know, man. Junior's always good for those for those drops and stuff. We always, uh, 
would want to do stuff like that when we would play in person at the table. He was just always really good about being on point and you know just playing playing full bore. He doesn't hold anything in reserve. He's very courteous to everybody else getting their moment and stuff, but he's he just brings it, man. I love that guy. And uh Ryan with his uh just his flavor he brings to his spells is interesting. Um I was actually texting Chris when the whole thing was going down, I was like, do this. He's a, he's a wizard. Fuck him up. And he didn't do what I said. And I'm just going to say he fucking died. Just going to say. Yeah, he well, he knows. I mean, I showed yeah. him his his clip of doom, which is sad uh, right there. Yeah. Gonzo. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I'd even said at, at one point you even had an easy out. He told you to apologize and he didn't want to do that. But you stay yeah. true to his character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to talk about Dempsey. I want to talk about his story arc because uh, a lot of things had led up to to meeting with Drosk finally in that he was on the run from him for a while because mm -hmm. of, of taking, you know, taking a sucker shot when he was still hung over and yeah. he won the battle and everything. So, um, and I mean, I've kind of hinted at it and tried to like role play it out a little bit. But yeah, Dempsey, um, he's lived his entire life in his brother's shadow. And um, not in a bad way. It's just his brother, Jack, was a fighter. They were involved in this gang in um, Almas. And um, I almost see it as like, a, who's the the really good looking boxer? What's his name? Um, uh, from like 10 years ago, Oscar De La Hoya. You know what I mean? Like he could kick ass, but he's also good looking. Mm. So it's like, yeah, you know, I want to watch this guy fight. And my wife likes it too, because he's like sexy dude. You know, so like I kind of see that in Jack where like, you know, he's a badass, but he's also good looking. So maybe they got taken off the street in a way because, um, you know, yeah, they're like these gang guys, kind of like kid stuff, you know, working for Drosk or whatever. But they're like, look at this good looking kid. Like we can sell tickets to this. Oh, hey. And um, there was another character I introduced that I hadn't really get around to the Mr. Sharp, the manager character. We did that little thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you um, know I yeah. still have that that bumper that mm -hmm. was recorded, and I haven't dropped it yet because there's a reason why I'm going to. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, he got into the fighting game and kind of found a different way to make money. And I mean, like it or not, like if you're agreeing to go in and beat the crap out of somebody so people can sell tickets and eat popcorn and drink beer, that's legal, you know. And it's not bashing people's heads in stealing. And uh, whether his mom liked it or not, this and that. And um, then big fight. Jack got hurt right before. And uh, the Mr. Sharp, the manager character said, you know, this is going to happen. You got to go in. Dempsey is the understudy. And that's when he came in. And um, like I said, I feel like he's always kind of lived his life in his brother's shadow. So um, at a moment. And we kind of hint at it in the bumper. It's like he's in there and he's doing his thing. And he really, they, they gave him the classic, like, just survive to the third and take a drop, you know, like just get to the third drop. And he sees his father like, yeah, that's my son. And for, for, the, for the first time, he's like, I'm doing this. He sees his opportunity and he took Dross down. And like you said, Dross was like hungover. Dempsey was on a high, that kind of thing. Dross didn't think he was going to have to fight Jack because he got hurt. Um, so just as like retribution and cause that's the kind of person, like you said, he's like a freight train, man, this guy, like he took advantage of me. So he came to kill him. Um, I think we may see some more, maybe not, you know, from the sharp, 
Um, I kind of feel like he had like um, paid for Jack's training in a way, like put up money. So that's another thing that Dempsey's out here adventure. Because at this point, if it wasn't anything else, Dempsey should pack up and go home. Hey, man, it's been nice. I'm safe. I'm going to go home and see how my family's doing. So I feel like we needed a little something extra, like that manager guy who's like lower level mob, middle middle manager mob stuff is still like, where's my money? And that's even something that um, that we could feed into as we start getting back on track with what we've been doing mm-hmm. with the story. But I mean, you got to remember, well, obviously you do because you, you run Dempsey, but at one point he found himself in this little shithole town Belhame, which was hidden somewhere deep in Taldor and that's he was on the run and then next thing you know he got basically tied up with some other stuff going on I think that when you'd first entered Belhame, Heinrich had uh, found you and mm-hmm. said that the Baroness wanted to speak with you and she, you were brought back to her manor and, and she had offered you money to go into Hunclay's manor and make sure that these other adventurers didn't steal anything while they inventoried Mm -hmm. the the house. And that was basically how you were brought into the fold was to kind of keep an eye on these guys. And and without bringing your head above the whack-a-mole line, you, you managed to stay in with them and check out what they were doing. Eventually realized that these weren't bad guys. These were people you could trust your life with and stuff. And I think that that really played out really well. And I think just from being on the road like that, he probably like he was looking for somebody to kind of relate to, you know, yeah. I mean, they're um, all misfits. They're all lost in some manner, whether warrants running from a past several hundred years ago that he still hears the voice of in his mind or, you know, Flint at the time he was, he never really explained why he was no longer with his order, but he still prayed to his deity. And then you got Stubby, who was once a, a slave at one point who got mm-hmm. freed. And then obviously your your backstory with how Dempsey evolved. I got my cat crying. Well, he <laughs> wants out. That? Can you hear yeah. the cat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's probably gonna, next thing you know, I'll see the paws coming underneath the door. But anyways, yeah, I, think I, I had a really good time with it. I think I did uh, the math on it, like geography from almost where i'm thinking because i was like what's a big city he could be from that's not freaking absalom and close to uh belham and i think it would be the same as like orlando florida to savannah georgia and like that's far if you're thinking about on a wagon and like over mountains and stuff so you know you're traveling that weeks and weeks and weeks alone your family's gone dempsey has his older brother He's got a twin sister and he's got two two twin like smaller sisters. And um, you know, like he's got this whole family and a mom and a dad that he just left because he knew, you know, if they're coming for me, they could hurt my family. I gotta get out of here. And I always so. thought of him as like a Bruce Banner on the old Incredible Hulk show yeah. where he was just wandering on the highway. You know, he just had like a knapsack and you know, dun, 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 dun. You know, you that really sad theme going through and, you know, wherever he, he found himself, he plied his wares to eat that night and find a place to sleep. And sometimes he probably had to sleep in a, in a livery stable or maybe somebody would be kind enough to give them their, their farmer's daughter. Out. You know, you just Holy go in shit, or whatever right it is. Rock yeah. that thing. But the whole time he's he didn't want to probably stay put anywhere long because somebody is following him. You know, somebody was was clocking him, trying to catch up and and settle this score. And 
eventually it got to the point where you didn't run anymore. You no more running. I think that was episode 50. Where, yeah. You know, I mean, I even done. tried to, I tried to even get out of that. And then the, the guys talked him back into it. I was like, let's just go to that cave. Let's just go. Let's keep moving. And they were like, let's do this. And, uh, honestly i was ready to keep with like the running man stuff i was good with that because i didn't feel like personally that the character was strong enough to beat dross from what i had built up and maybe dempsey you know like again you're running for weeks on end and you're scared you're, you're gonna build this like massive maniacal half-orc beast in your mind where like maybe when he got face to face with him he was like i think i can handle you motherfucker I gotten stronger. Like, let's do this. Yeah, even Bacchus was like, you know, go take care of him, boy. You know, mm-hmm. you can't keep running. You'll be running the rest of your life. And when you went out there, you saw that Drosk was just one-on-one with you. And he even said, you know, is your boyfriend behind you going to step up and, and enter this fray? Because if it's just you and me, then it's just you and me. None of my boys will interfere. You know, the ape's going to stay back. We're just going to do it you and I and he's an old guy he's he's a hammer who sees everything as a nail and he doesn't have the kind of skills like Dempsey does certainly didn't have the youth either dude I used every single trick in my bag and I had some hit points left but if you would have kept coming at me with that uh with the axe he only had so much heat you know I used every single one of my roles and stuff I think the characters coming out really cool with the fighter and now the barbarian stuff and all of that was just from role play like that we did the thing and um he was like pimping himself up to get ready for the demon and i was like that's like some barbarian shit you know yeah. and again being away from his family he's always had his mom there he's always had his brother like calm down dempsey stop and now he's like like off the chain ready to you know like a wild dog um, well i enjoyed what you did with the character i really did and i'm, I'm curious to see well, more excited than curious to see where it's going to go. As we I mean, still... we're never going to play him again, so yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're going thank to. God. <laughs> <laughs> we we still got a couple episodes in the sh- in the can right now, so we're we're still sitting pretty good, and we got a few things that are we're looking at down the horizon. I don't want to give any of that away because you know the schedules are so fluid. At <laughs> that's right. As you, he holds up this brand new book that he just got and post on social media. What, 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 what book you got there, Rat? So we got the old second edition Pathfinder core rule book. That's, That's what I'm holding up for those of you uh, in audio land. And that looks beautiful. I can't. This thing to... is sick. Jason Bullman, you're a good man. Look at this thing. He is. Jason, send me some books. Roll Hard 20 podcast. Send me $10,000. I'll, I'll give you a shout out. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send you a hard 20. That's right. like I'll send you a gold grand. doubloon and a sticker. But no, I, I've read a lot of his books that, you know, from his first edition and stuff. And I got to tell you, they, they do a remarkable job. I, I Obviously, we're digressing at this point, but they do a remarkable job with all their information as far as building Galarian. Mm-hmm. You know, and their original core rulebook for 1E was, is still an amazing game. But I just, I can't help but get enough when I look at some of the campaign settings and reading about like the Mwangi Expanse and, you know. Ustalov? <laughs> Nido. No, no. Ustalov. Carrying yeah, crowns, baby. Well, definitely Ustalov. I mean, um, I was reading that book. I think it's called Fear Something Fear. I'm loathing in Vegas. No, no, no. In fact, I, it's been a while since I've done any, I've done any prep for the uh, 
carrying crown. And I know we were going to hit back into that right after this, but I think we, unfortunately, this is probably the first time anybody's going to hear about it, that we're, we may be changing that slightly because we're going to be looking at something else to modify our mechanics yet again, which I'm still, I'm looking forward well, to could that, that be Brian? I don't know. You oh, hold the book in your hand and I'm not going to give it away yet. I'm not going to uh, give it away. Rule secrets. by fear is what it was called. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a story of my life, man. Rule by fear? Yeah, man. Oh. No, I think uh I think this is really gonna play well for us. And of course we still have some Delta Green coming down the pike also. Um I think we'll probably probably be hitting gaslight maybe this weekend or maybe even Monday. So we're waiting no to more see down. We're waiting to see what agents drop, you know, on the on the Discord to see who's gonna join us and we'll go from there. Nice. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, one other thing, you know, in my my own life, I can actually say I've had a experience like what that fight was the three, three on three, there was this place called the uh, high school trail. And as you can imagine, it was like, in between our neighborhood, and there was like a shopping center, if you like went, probably like the football field, like through these woods, just undeveloped land. And um, you'd pop out kind of near the high school. So everybody from our neighborhood would walk through the high school trail to get to high school. And um, there was bums back there and stuff and whatever. And um, my brother would always tell stories about the high school trail that he like got attacked back there and did all this karate and beat these guys up. And um, I was going back there with a couple buddies one time and um, some kind of problem with somebody and a girlfriend and another guy. So these two guys come up and start beating up my friend and then another group of guys uh come after me and like i was a fat kid growing up so like i wasn't a fighter i'm like dude i don't have a girlfriend why are you fighting me i'm cool you know <laughs> I'm, I'm everybody's friend what do you do and um so i had to you know this this kid started squaring off on me and he beat the crap out of me and um not you know like whatever he got a couple good shots in the face whatever but it kind of brings me back thinking about this kind of stuff to those days where like you know kids beating up each other and um I don't know. I just flashed to that. But now look at you. You're all ripped. Good oh, looking. Whatever. You look good. It's all um, special illusions. This is all through the Disney <laughs> uh, Corporation. I pay them a lot of money for this. Well, you got your money's worth. Thanks, sir. So do we have anything else before we want to wrap up this uh, after action report? You want to give um, me any more tidbits or anything? I do. I feel like I kind of missed the boat on the ending because, you know, Dempsey was raging. I feel like he kind of just stepped out of the rage and kind of went right into the role play. And I really, I saw Chris's new character and I wanted to get him into the thing. You know, it's always weird trying to introduce somebody. So when you started describing like, hey, cleric, come over here. Um, yeah, that could have been something that that somebody just you and the, you with the robes get over here and i think that's basically get what happened is you saw somebody yeah you saw somebody that was in clerical robes and and pulled him out of the crew or you know out of the bystanders and that was how he was brought into it um but it's like when flint uh passed he was like still trying to give him cpr but he he was already dead so maybe in that moment dempsey was like you know the, the holy man come here um yeah <clears throat> but I, I could see how you were focused in on what you had done. I mean, because 
everybody was in their own moment while all this other shit was going on around, you know. You had Warren going into the trees looking for this individual that was firing at, at Stubby's prone body and, and Stubby, he's face down in the in the grass and stuff. And the, you just see like every 30 feet, another 30 feet, as this, these blasts kept getting further and further away from the melee. And you had Valadir with the orc and the, and the war ape, which were the only ones left. And then you were still, you know, hitting Drosk in his coin us. purse and stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel and, like Valadir's just over there hitting whammy bar. Yeah, and had had Warren drop, I don't think anybody would have even known until it yeah. was all said and done. Because still technically, uh, other than the listeners and us as as players know what happened to Stubby. I feel like if we ever run across him again, it's going to be just one of those things where like, we know, and he knows, but we don't know, but we know that we know. Um, I, I, I know we're going to do a little bit more on the next episode. We had kind of talked about some stuff that Dempsey wants to do, but I think that either in the moment, maybe he could have reached out and grabbed one of Drosk's teeth or he can go visit him. Cause I, he's going to want to send that to his family just to let them know, Hey, you know, I'm good. Don't worry about this. Yeah, we could have you make like a midnight run to the Somerset or Sunset House, you know, mm -hmm. where the bodies are. Basically, I think they said they were going to burn them out back. So you yeah. can pull it off his charred corpse and just whoop. right out of the corpse. Yep. Yeah. Right out um, of the skull. Because they're not going to yeah. waste their time burying some ape and a bunch of orcs. This is the kind of stuff you talk about when you play these games. I'm talking to you about what we're talking about. Like, is there a FedEx? I'm going to try to send money to my family. And you're like, yeah, good luck. Like, send it by a catapult. Yeah, I think I said, yeah, yeah, maybe you can find a courier. Maybe, you know. Yeah, but I mean, who, a courier. Yeah, who are you going to trust with 800 gold or whatever? I mean, I know there had to be systems like that where, like, how are you going to get money places? Well, like I said, your best bet and this is obviously we're metagaming at this point, um, was Grelin and Sons, which was the mm -hmm. money exchanger that is, well, they were, he was holding money for Stubby. Mm -hmm. And Stubby had the the chit. Mm -hmm. You know, that, in the guys yeah, the explicitly money, said you had to present this chit to get your money back. I give a chit about your chit. Yeah, don't give no chit. Have um, you read the uh, book, The Name of the Wind? I have not. Famous like fantasy. That book gave me an entirely different um, just like concept of money and fantasy because the kid, it's kind of like Harry Potter for adults. And I know if somebody listens to this, they're going to just tear that apart. But um, the kid is like at a magic school sort of thing. And a lot of the plot is him trying to get money, but he like breaks it down. He's like, yeah, I got 20 copper and six silver and like he never has gold the one time that he's able to get his hands on gold it's like ooh, whatever mm. but he's like uh almost like a bard and uh, he plays music in a tavern yada 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 but i think there was something in that where he had to send money or he had to receive money and it was set up like the the author really did a good job explaining it where like if he signed for it, that guy got a certain amount of money. And if he didn't sign for it, the guy wouldn't get paid or so it was like, like payment on delivery. Um, yeah. And I, I think what we'll do is we'll have something set up like that where he, you know, they could either take the chance of having it basically like FedExed out there through a courier that would take weeks, if not longer to get there, or he could 
run the chance of whether or not they want somebody to magically teleport there with a certain percentage of, of success or failure. Lines yeah. up on the Egan uh, dinner table right next to the turkey. Yeah, something like that. I mean, you would have to describe very detailed to mm -hmm. whoever is going to do it, where it's at, where it's located, you know, and give as much of a of an identification, and then see what see if it's something that is even possible yeah. without um, losing anything. I mean, obviously they can't send anything back and say, "Yeah, mm -hmm. we got it." You know, it doesn't work that way, but. Well, Dempsey's like afraid of magic anyways, so I don't know if he would want that. Um, damn, I had a thought, but I completely lost it. Oh, you'll pick it up again, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah. I'd like to see uh, see us do stuff like that too. Get more involved with uh, with the townspeople once you guys... I think you guys said you were going to go look at the cave, right? Going to go deal mm -hmm. with Unclay's remainders because the next day is uh is the auction so i think you really don't have a lot of time to get the shit done that you want to get so you have to pick and choose i think the other thing is um watching two people die in front of him he's probably we kind of joked around when uh flint passed it like oh he's got a dnr um <laughs> he'll probably write like a little thing like you know if i die send whatever you can to thomas egan with like his uh you know dempsey's address and almost so like send it to my father and you know again this is all flavor stuff it's so weird when a character dies because it's like he's gone all right so i'm coming in with a paladin i'm a brand new person and, yeah and you know. i always suggest that somebody has a backup character that they kind of level up on the side as you're leveling up you know so every, mm -hmm. but i think that it ruins the uh, ruins the experience of death i guess it's a that's a weird way of saying it but it, it it pretty macabre yeah it cheapens the death that just that they just experienced of course back in the old DD days it was you know you had to save versus magic wands or save versus uh turn to stone and and that was it you know mm -hmm. so you really didn't get a lot of love for somebody because it was a lot of more role for initiative and and people still uh, role played considerably and everything but i think that maybe it's because i was much younger when we played it back then we yeah, always thought of these care. characters as being disposable. You know? Sure. If They're you like paper heroes. Yeah. If you didn't, if you couldn't find your character from last time, you, you roll another one up pretty quick and, and get back in the. It's know, more like what weapon do you have? It's not even about the character. It's like, I got a big sword. Okay. Well, my guy's got this. I'm yeah, the archer guy. Armor class and what kind of, you know, what kind of armor is he wearing? What kind of weapon does he have? Exactly. You know, what's his strength at and, and all this stuff. But I think, as we've gotten older and we started running whether they're published APs or whether they're homebrewed, you start feeling more for mm -hmm. the characters. You start wanting them to have their own personalities. And so when one of them does die, you're just like, Oh fuck. Like, damn, I can't be that person yeah. anymore. They no longer yeah. exist. Um, that's what you, you push your own personality into them to a degree. Yeah, you know, sure. everybody's got something. So. Well, that's why I like the Delta Green, because it's less about shoot them up, cops and robbers, like who's the strongest guy? Oh, um, yeah. You know, I play in a game with uh, my 10 year olds and their buddies. And um, the first question the kids always ask is, who's the strongest character? And you have to explain they're all the strongest character. That's just how you play it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with the, the Delta Green, it's like my character is a complete like wimp. The way I think of him, but he's smart and he's creative in a he's system very like resourceful. this. Resourceful, yeah, yeah. 
I think that what you um, obviously this is segueing into our deep waters uh, episodes the way that and I'm not going to spoil it but the way that you dealt with the main bad guy at the end of that you know with all the rain or like the you know the sleet coming across the the ship and everything and you're you're very low lit and just the way that you overcame that that was very creative I was like I don't know how, how realistic it could have been, but it was just so bitching that I couldn't say no to it. That was so that, fun. That's, that's the kind of creativity I love to see, even when we're playing D&D or we're playing Pathfinder or anything else like that. I like to see that kind of creativity of thinking outside the box and stuff. I remember I was running a, a Dragonborn. Um, this is when we were playing it in California or whatever. And I had like a, his, his breath weapon was... I can't remember. It might have been ice, I think it was. So I'd I'd act like, you know, get it going and oh, just blast it out and, and, you know, describe all these particles of ice just coming and just just chipping away at somebody in this this conical formation Mm -hmm. and stuff, you know, just trying to really add the flavor, you know, same thing with like... Yeah, the visual picture there. Yeah, you just want to really get that across at the table where they say, okay, I'm going to use my breath weapon and you roll the dice. No, man, tell me what you're going to do, you know. Explain, how is your person standing? What does it look like? Is your, are you crouching? Is it one hand up? What is it, your eyes? Yeah, you know, Um, you want to really convey that. I think that even when you're playing at a table... That always gets everybody else involved with it. But when you're playing and you're recording it like what we're doing on a show, um, I think that really lends itself when you when you're very being very descriptive about what your character's doing, you're talking, not in well, you know, so and so is going to do this as you describe yourself. No, mm-hmm. I stand up and I pull my bow back to its fullest extent and I say a prayer to my deity, you know, and let it go and roll that with advantage. That was badass, you know. Yeah, like the so, role play there. Yeah, something like that. You really Man, get when, into it when we play there is so much going on because it's like the story's going then there's the tactics because as we know dempsey likes to punch who's ever standing in next to him friend um, or so, no discrimination yeah, you know and then i'll crit so good times um, um so i'm trying to keep <laughs> tactics in mind and then also the story and then i'm trying to remember all this crap because i keep everything on a sheet you know so i'm trying to <laughs> trying to go to my sheet okay look at this i got my rage i got the red is my damage for when i am raging i got all this other crap um so trying to trying to keep the mechanics in mind and um then trying to get the other guys in there too okay what are you doing what are you doing and i it's it's a lot like every time you're like okay we'll find out next week i'm like it's been an hour holy crap yeah and i think that uh we find we you know our group i no longer have to fish for what somebody wants to do whereas before uh i would have troubles with one of our players where i always have to say okay hey uh so what what do you think about that you know tell me what you're thinking and Mm -hmm. we don't have to name any names but i I just hated to do that because i wanted everybody to be invested in what we're doing (laughs) he's like the last guy he's the man yeah that guy's the man i loved role we gotta get him fired from the university so he comes back yeah totally um no there's always some sort of like tinder you know, some we, we can do some sort of controversy and get him fired. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. Well, I, I really miss playing with with. Him Is he like a professor table. now? I don't know what he's doing. Um, I don't think I really ever asked. Um, International Playboy. Well, he, he, he like, does, obviously play. he's doing something for for computers, I think, or something like that. But uh, I think he eventually got a, a job with a gaming company, and they made him sign a, an NDR. Mm-hmm. 
And so he, that's why he bailed out. Because he like he literally a, works for Pezo and he's like one I of their main I said, are you going to work for Wizards or Paizo or something like that? He's like, no, no, it's not like that. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, he's working just, for like a pool company, like a, a pool table. It's like a completely different game. I guess it was a conflict of interest because he had to disclose it. So that sucks. Which is fine. But I hope I'm good wrapping for him. you out. I hope you're getting let go now because you could get come you little back. bastard. Social yeah. security number five. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, man. No, I'm, As, I'm ex- I was going to say, you know how we do our after action reports. We're going to talk about everything. Yeah. I mean, we, that's, I, when Kush and I, when we used to sit in my other office and we would, we would do that rolling for 20 and mm-hmm. we would come up with outlines and we're like, the outline isn't working because we digress. So mm-hmm. let's just do two things. We'll start with the topic. We'll talk for 20 minutes. And then at some point though, it has to make its way back to the first topic. And once it does that, then we're okay. And so yeah. that's how we started doing our stuff and talking about um, low level characters and what, what kind of monsters do you, ha- do you hate to, to go against and, or to DM for or whatever. And then it just kind of spiral out of control. Or we talk about railroads or homebrew versus published and just things like that and what got us into the into the hobby that we love and you know they're they're all out there so and we had a good time but yeah, yeah as long as what we're doing brings it back around but we always end up digressing even with these after action reports all the time so my neighbor was giving us some love yesterday at our uh hoa meeting he's like hey man i saw what you posted that's awesome well, listen to some of that i'm like thanks yeah Tell them where to start Brennan. off on, though. Tell them to start off on the one that you're in, obviously. So, Yeah, man. Um, cool. Yeah, I can't wait to play more. I want to see what else happens to Dempsey. Um, this is just a random concept I came up with and ran with it. I asked you, you know, well, what, what's the party? Like, how, how can I add to this party? Because I always want to, like, I want to play something that mechanically is going to add to this. And I had this and just it's it's coming out pretty cool. I think as long as you put together a character that is interesting for you to play mm-hmm. and makes you excited to roll the, the stats or roll him while you're playing him, that's the character you should make. I don't think you should look at, well, we don't really have a healer that matter. You know, sure. I mean, well, we don't really have a, a magic user that matter. You, know, you, you just modify your tactics. And if we start losing somebody, and then we need to modify this, uh, the party at some point. We'll know that because somebody will eventually die. And then you, okay, well, let's retry it. Let's, yeah, obviously we're missing yeah. something. Let's All shake right. up the, the ingredients and see what else comes comes out of it. So I typically have about seven different characters just rolling through my head at any time. So like I started thinking about a paladin the other day for whatever reason. So now that's there. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I, I hear that Rogue's got such a bad wrap in both 5e and pathfinder that i wanted to play a rogue because mm-hmm. i wanted to see just how bad it is or see if i can make it better by whatever it is i did so i think we played a I played a rogue a couple of times and i, I was pleased with it i didn't have a problem i think they even said that the ranger in 5e was kind of weak and i played the ranger and he lasted all the way up until the uh the last episode I and think it just the, comes down to tactics, you know? Yeah, basically. Uh, actually, well, I failed a saving throw. Kusha uh, ran us through the Sinister Secret of Salt Marsh. And okay. on the last episode, like at the back end of it, I failed my saving throw. And then it like it like 
made me rigid or something and I had to do it one more yeah, time it and I fucking failed it and and I died and the other guys got the the money and the glory and everything and I if you have an erection for more than four hours call a cleric <laughs> call a cleric. well what's he gonna do yeah he'll bring in you know some as long some as help. he's not a Catholic cleric I'll be okay you know enough Jack Daniels you never know uh, yeah. I think about uh, that age uh bracket yeah. but okay yeah you're still pretty that's okay thanks man yeah um what was i gonna say um yeah i just got done reading uh the lies of lock lamora which is all about these fantasy thieves and i see each one because that's what i do i see each one as a different type of rogue so like with the archetypes from pathfinder i'm like he's like this type of rogue but he's like this type and she's like this and um with something like Pathfinder, where there's 6,000 different archetypes or even the subclasses in 5e from Wizards, like you can do whatever. I think people that say these classes are not good, they're just not creative, or maybe they just roll bad or something. You know, I was listening to a uh, an individual whose channel was on YouTube because I want to get the, you know, try to do a crash course on Pathfinder 2e. And I was listening to the guy and he was was talking it up doing really well and everything and then he came out with a video just out of nowhere just said you know what i'm done with pathfinder 2e uh it's the illusion of choice there is no choice no matter what you're going to be doing the same thing and everybody's doing the same thing and blah, blah. i'm just like i don't think your players may not be i don't know maybe they just don't want to play maybe they're just mm -hmm. all about the rolling of the dice because you could have two fighters that are built the exact same way with the exact same feats and everything and they would if they're creative players, they'll approach problems different. And sure. I know this because um, Eric Brown, who was part of the show in California before we actually started the um, was it Writers on the Storm and Carrying Crown, we were playing at this comic store, which is where I met everybody. And uh, we both had fighters almost identical to a point, but we played them different the way he and I actually did stuff. And mm -hmm. it was kind of cool. You know, that was Rackthon. That was my guy. He was nice. Like, yeah, he was a, a fort commander that had been disgraced when his entire garrison got destroyed. And he was like the sole survivor. And they blamed him for it. <clears throat> Outcast. So yeah. <clears throat> Basically, he was feeling like everybody was looking down on him. <laughs> There's a lot of you in that character. <coughs> oh. So while Brian's dying, I'll keep the uh, chat alive. How's the um, the cream of Shemron guy there? Better. I was actually watching a podcast and uh, oh, uh, sorry. Give me one of the one of the people. They were doing some role playing, and one of the guys starts coughing, and it was like in character. So you're kind of like, oh, he's really getting into this, and he like started like dying almost on screen, and I'm thinking, damn, he's really going for it. And um, the people were like, do you need to stop? And, you know, it got to that point where they're like, are you okay? And I'm thinking, what would they do if this person just died? Because it's like this, like I'm I'm in Tallahassee, you're in Tampa. Like, I don't, I can't call your wife. I don't yeah. know, you know what I'd do? Like call 911, like, uh, my, my game master's down. He needs help. You're what? Yeah. <laughs> he rolled a one. Your game master? <laughs> they're like, game. we're on. They're, yeah, we're we're on your way to your location, sir. Uh, but yeah, that just you coughing right there reminded me, and it blew. I've never seen anything like that before, where you're like, "Oh man, this is like legit." Yeah, I think I had a 
when I was doing Bacchus a couple episodes ago, I started like, <laughs> sort mm-hmm. of, you know, losing my voice. And I'm trying to find like beer or anything to chug and, you know, give me some old pencil shavings, anything. I'll take it all. But sure. uh, you're um, you really get into the voice, man. I give you that. I'm like I DM and I, I do my best, but I can't. I don't have that range like you do. I love doing it, man. That's I live for it. I, you know, it's just something I like doing. I know that. The, uh, what was the thing with the trial? You were like ah, doing that, and we found out later it was because of the poison that it was putting on oh, the, the trial. But I was like, yeah, damn, he's really getting into this. Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't want to just describe. Okay, you know the the fiend comes at you, and he he's got this try, you know tried it and he and he licks it you know uh, you know even i just to say it and then he said you got to get into it because i want you guys to like be laughing and, and sensing the danger and, and getting involved and getting juiced up too so when you know like when we we're doing zabub he's like yeah mm-hmm. you know just doing the, the flying and shit like that you know even uh, lodo the the humuncula was in the observatory i want everybody to that feel little bastard it. Yeah, I yeah. want you guys to get involved with these guys. Be invested when you kill them. That you, you actually decimated the personality, not just the page with stats. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. why I like well, doing voices. K- kudos to you. Give yourself a gold doubloon. No, I'll do that. Where's it? having up there. <laughs> I actually have to cool. set this thing up. Oh, we do it. But yeah. anyways, I think we're all done, man. You got anything else you want to add before we uh, pull the plug on tonight's venture? Um, keep listening. If we roll a hard 20 right in, uh, roll the hard 20 at gmail.com. I always roll want to the say hard 20 it when podcast I have podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, um, but I, I don't want to step on you. So I'm like, I want to say it, but I don't want to, you know. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I encourage like, everybody to be part and part. So I, I'm sure that the listeners know this because I've said it so many times, you know, getting Radke on the show has just been amazing. He's he was originally trying out for the show when we were losing Koosh, and I knew that Koosh was leaving before he, he left, so it wasn't a, you know, like, oh, it still sucked, but I think it was our time zone, and when we actually started playing in California, that uh, made it so difficult for David to join us, and now that I'm out here in Florida, and he's in Florida time, it, it was just really great to to get him on the show, because I tell you, Dave, you bring a lot to the show, definitely, everybody does, so. Yeah, we have fun. And even when we're playing Delta Green and we mix it in with some of the other guys and the, you know, the, the hard slingers of Yori, I love doing that. I know that, um, like I said, we got a surprise coming down the line. I haven't mentioned who it is yet, so, but he it's will a be. Big, it's a big, big love fest here at yep. the old Roll the Hard 20 podcast. Yep. So I'm excited um, about it. We got people all over the place. But Yeah, we're literally going to be coming from um, every single time zone in the yep. continental U.S. That's sexy. Pacific, Central, Mountain, and East. Be afraid for your wives, because there's a hard slinger somewhere near you. <laughs> uh, don't forget, uh, like us, subscribe to us, and leave us a five-star rating and review on whatever podcast app you listen to the show on. It really does help out. I know people think it doesn't, but it really does. It, it helps the shows climb up you know, in their notoriety, so when you search for pathfinder you search for the dragon's demand or 5e or delta green or whatever you know it moves us up it really does help don't forget if you don't want to just listen to us and you actually want to see us see our ugly faces head on over to youtube our channel is world of hard 20 check us out there and feel free to write us in like they've said 
rollthehard20podcast at gmail.com. We have a website, rollthehard20podcast.com. Head on over there, check out what we look like, all the pictures we post and stuff like that. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah, have a great night. Good night.